All right, welcome back, one of Niners. It is me, your host, Lizette. Um, so before I get into anything real quick, I just want to give a huge shout out to those people who have uh, blindly followed me on this uh, journey of me having my own podcast. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a longest time, and I finally built up the courage to do so. Um, so with that being said, thank you. Um, I hope and I pray that uh, going forward, I will only, uh, you know, gain more followers, true followers, you know, uh, those that are just wanting to know what I have to say and uh, follow along on this journey, on this um, mysterious journey, I would say, because, you know, any anything that is um, that is new to someone, it's a mysterious journey. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to be on the other side of that door. Uh, only way to find out is to do so, uh, jump in and do it. So. A uh, huge shout out to those people who have followed me since day one. And uh, like I said, blindly just joined on uh, on the bandwagon, I would say. So um, that being said, um, I've had a, a few weeks to just let a few things sink in um, as far as um, the previous episodes, uh, positive feedback that I've been getting, constructive criticism, which I dearly, dearly, dearly appreciate, um, to those people who actually took the time to watch my podcast and the episodes and those clips and actually tell me like, Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. You know, I think this should happen. I think, uh, you should take this out. Um, so a huge shout out and a huge thank you to those people who actually took that time out, um, and watched me, uh, and a few of my guests uh, do our thing. So um, going forward, I do plan on correcting those. I haven't had any new content um, because I've just been so caught up, so busy, uh, just lifing. Um, I'm in my final weeks of my uh, my fall semester for my um, for my third year at UCF. So I have one more semester, and then I'm going to be a senior, and then you know, uh, hopefully everything goes well after that. Um, I have been doing very well in school, uh, just because I was able to, uh, remove myself from certain things. Like, um, I haven't been doing anything as far as like nightlife, uh, social life. I've been, uh, cutting back on those things just so that I can concentrate and, um, focus on my education, which is, um, I decided to this semester, I decided to do a hybrid. So I have, um, Half my classes are in person. Half my classes are online. Uh, just because I did my associates online. And um, I think um, after that, you, you have to slowly start integrating yourself into the, um, the actual college life, um, which is where a lot of your networking comes in. Um, you get to meet a lot of new people. Um, you get to do a lot of, uh, I guess, social activities, campus life that you don't have the luxury of doing when you're doing online classes. Uh, so I think this is important um, and a big step in my career, um, as well as uh, I started a new job. Yes, I'm still a flight attendant. I still do that. But I took I took a, a leave of absence um, so that I can have a little bit more stability. Um, it's hard being a flight attendant when you're a single mom and you have no one to help you as far as, you know, when you do go away, uh, who stays with your kid? Like that's that's an important um, an important question when it comes to that. So, um, I did take a leave of absence. I started a new job with the city of Orlando, um, which it's 
hard finding a um it's hard finding a job when you're a single mom and you have to drop off your kid and pick him up um i don't know how people do it uh i'm i'm just now getting the hang of it um i don't have a specific routine i just go with each day as it comes and it's hard um so if if there's any uh single parents out there doing that man it's hard and and big ups to you cuz it's it's just, it's something that'll make you pull your hair out um with that being said um yeah i haven't created any content in a while so thank you for being patient with me thank you for those people who haven't unfollowed me just because i haven't uh, created any content or any communication i promise you guys uh there's more to come i did have a little hiccup with a previous episode that i did film um once we were done and it was about an hour and a half of good content man it was so good and then we had we figured out we had audio problems so now it's just a matter of getting um that guest back on the show and and just you know luckily he's he's reluctant to come back and um so thank you shout out to him but um yeah it's it's been a it's been a tough tough four weeks just trying to juggle everything the new job school um luckily the semester is coming to an end i think in less than a month um the beginning of december is going to be uh final exams for this semester so oh man um, but yeah, just a little bit about myself. I usually tend to keep to myself when it comes to my private life. Cause at the end of the day, nobody wants to hear that unless you're like a celebrity and everybody's like, Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. What's the gossip? What's the juice? What's the tea? Spill it. Uh, but, um, no, um, uh, the reason I named my podcast one of nine is because I am one of nine. My dad has nine kids that we know of. Um, and I am number six six in the lineup if I uh yeah number six in the lineup um and it wasn't always like that so for me it's always been just me and my brother Mitch which uh was my um my guest on the second episode of my podcast um because obviously he's we're from the same mom and dad so to me it's always been him and then I did know I had a half sister uh named Elizabeth growing up so it would be the normal, like me and Mitch, me and Mitch, me and Mitch. And then Elizabeth would drop by once in a while. So I knew of her, whatever. We had a nice relationship. Um, uh, what else? Yeah, which is weird because uh, her name is Elizabeth. So is my mom. I, mm, I want to know um, what's the story behind that. I never really, never really asked, I guess. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But yeah, her name is Elizabeth. So is my mom's. Um, and it was just like maybe perfect time. That can't be a coincidence. But anyways, we'll touch base on that uh, later on. Um, so yeah, I'm one of nine and I don't really talk about my, like my past or my, um, my life that much. Um, but I think the, the defining point in me meeting a lot of my siblings has to do around the age of 17, um, 18, 16, 17, 18. Um, my mom, she's always like, Oh, tell your story, tell your story. And I'm like, I never want to tell my story because I don't want people to have pity on me. Um, I don't want people to have pity on me. And I also just don't like sharing it because, um, nowadays people think that everything is done for clout or whatever the case is. So whoever knows me, 
um, from back then knows what I went through. But go, like a lot of my friends that I've made over the years don't know um, the situation. I don't even think I ever spoke to my daughter about this because um, it's just something that I never speak about. It's just one of those things where I gained experience from it and that's it. You know, what's done is done. Um, so I was a uh, sophomore year of high school and, um, I started getting these, like these nodes in my neck. And, um, at first it was just like, oh, it's going to go down, whatever. So then I started telling my mom, I was like, mom, you know, they're growing. So like, it's weird, you know, it's weird feeling, whatever. And then I started kind of feeling fatigue as well. I couldn't run, um, as much as I used to, I like without running out of breath. So then my mom was like, oh, if it continues to grow, we're going to have to take it to the doctor. I was like, okay, whatever. It's going to go down. Never gave it much thought. Well, it didn't. Kept increasing, kept uh, growing, actually. And then uh, she took me to the doctor and they were like, hmm, that's weird. You know, the same things, routines, like going back, going back. Like, hey, do you feel this? Has anything changed? Has your appetite changed? My appetite did change. I was eating less. Um, I started to slowly lose weight. And I've always been tall. I've always been thin. But I was getting drastically like a lot thinner. So um, we kept going and then we're like, oh, we're going to have to do a biopsy. So biopsy is pretty much when they, uh, you know, cut you. Um, it's not so much like a operation where they have to like, you know, have all your guts out and stuff like that. So they pretty much wherever the objective area is, they'll slice you there and then they'll uh, take out whatever they need to take out so that they can test on it. Um, so they did that and then, uh, they didn't find anything. So they were like, oh, we're going to do some more tests. My mom just got pretty much, she got fed up with that. And she was like, no, you guys are just trying to cut my baby open. Uh, she's not a guinea pig. She's not, um, you know, she's not something you could just study and cut open whenever you want. So she started, um, you know, the, the sisters, her sisters started coming together. They were like, oh, well, maybe you should send her here to the Dominican Republic where, um, maybe they can find something like that. And my mom was like a little bit, you know, iffy about it. So she ended up just giving in and sending me over, which till this day, hands down, I, um, I kissed the feet. I kissed the ground. My aunts walk on because they, they dropped everything they were doing and they just all came together like the fucking Powerpuff sisters or whatever. And they just like, they took care of me. And they immediately, as soon as I got there, they they took me to this doctor and they did another biopsy on the other side of my neck. So I have, um, if you know me and you're ever up close to me, I have two incisions uh, kind of right above my collarbone. Um, and that's where the other incision was made, the other biopsy. And they actually discovered that I had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's a type of cancer. Um, and for like a 16, 17 year old, that's like like your mind just goes like you just like shit cancer the big c word cancer like fuck am i gonna die like am i gonna you know like so till this day i sometimes i try to go back and i try to remember certain things that and i can't i, I can't like i could just remember the big the big parts that happened while i was going through this and um i think it's like some type of defense mechanism of the brain of the memory I don't know but there's certain aspects of it I cannot remember I just remember like the big parts and um I, I it's just you know 16 17 year old you're at that point in your life you're first of all you're already emotional um you're already like in high school and you're like they're plucking me out of my life 
like that's all you care about. You're like my friends, high school, school, like, like hello, what the fuck? So it was um, it was scary. Um, and then the biggest part of it all was that I was far away from home. I was in the Dominican Republic. I was away from my mom, away from my brother Mitch, and these are like the people, my everyday life people, like my friends and. I was like, okay, how long is this going to take? So they're like, oh, we don't know. We got to do all these exams. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, like I said, a lot of it was vague to me, but the the clear memories that I have are painful. Like they, they needed to do more tests to see um, if the cancer had gone anywhere uh, further apart from where they could see like any, any deeper into my body. So the, the hardest, oh my God, the, the most scariest, one was um, to see if it had reached the bone, like the bone marrow um, exam. Oh my god, that shit was painful, bro. And I don't, I don't wish this upon anybody, even my worst enemy. Um, so they go to like the most exterior bone, meaning like the easiest bone to reach, not the elbow or the knee, because that's like, you know, um, you can't drill into them. So they go, they they cut, um, they made a little incision on my right hip. Um, and they numb the skin, but that's as far as, that's as much as they can, they can, uh, numb. Um, and then they start to drill into the bone. Um, so just imagine like a drill just straight into your bone and the little sawdust that comes up from them drilling the bone. That's what they scoop up. And that's what they test to see if the cancer has reached your bone. Um, it's again, that's like, I still have the scar. Um, and it's Ew, oh my god it was so painful it was like like that same feeling of like when somebody's scratching their nail on a chalkboard but on like it's just, it's just uh, uh i'm getting chills just remembering it um another painful thing that they did was um like uh, i guess a, a side effect of this type of cancer was that my lungs filled up with uh liquid and I would have to go periodically back to the hospital to like, they would stick a syringe through my skin uh, in between my ribs and into my lung to extract this liquid so that I can breathe. Um, but at the time of them doing it, it's so painful because they're pulling out liquid and, and they're also pulling out um, air. So it's like you're breathing through a coffee stirrer. That's, that's the the closest analogy that I can bring to mind. Um, like just may pretend you're running and instead of taking deep breaths, you are breathing through a coffee stir. You feel like you're being suffocated. Um, it was so painful. Um, but throughout this entire journey, I think it brought my mom's family, uh, side together because each, each of my, my aunts and uncles that lived in the Dominican Republic at the time had had like a role like um my aunt uh Cecilia she was the person like she was a professor mind you she had a career she was a professor she put her 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 career on hold to take care of me um whenever I needed to either go back and forth from the U.S. to the Dominican Republic um uh, my aunt Tia Ester, she was the one who like went to go pick me up so that I didn't have to travel but mind you I'm fragile I'm five nine and I was weighing like 95 pounds um, and it it was just, it, it's a moment in my life that I, I look back on and I count my blessings every single day, no matter how hard my life gets, 
in today's day, I always look back on that. And I was like, you survived that. Like, you lived that. Like, there's nothing in your way right now of doing what you want to do. And it's something that um, I always, like, look up to that. And it, time, you know, life gets frustrating once in a while. And you always be like, man, fuck this. I don't want to do this no more. And then you're just like, no, like, you did that when you were a teenager. Now you're an adult full of experience, full of life. Like, now you have to, you have something to fight for. So, um, a lot of the times, well, more times than none, I don't speak on this or speak about this to anybody, but, um, the one time that I will whip it out my arsenal would be when someone's going through a tough time. And I just try to like, just show them that, Hey, anything is possible. Like just put your mind to it. Um, just walk in the ground and waking up every morning. Like you have so many blessings to count, like just be grateful for what you do have instead of being ungrateful for what you don't have. Um, and that's something that I've always, um, that's always been like my, my go-to, like, get up, like, get up, keep going. You've been through worse. And once, like, you don't know how low you can go until you've hit rock bottom. So, you know, take what you take from it, what you will, but that's just my, my concept on life. Like, um, once you think you've hit your lowest point, Oh, you can go lower, but how you get up from that and what you learn from it, it's like the best experience. Cause now you can like, that's, that's another chip on your shoulder that you can, um, you know, you could just be like, yeah, I did that. You know, put, put a little pin on your, on your chest and be like, I did that. Um, but anyways, going back to the one of nine, um, when I was like, I would have to go from Bonau, which is where my aunt lived, to the capital, which is where my dad lived. And that's also where I was getting treatment. And I had to get chemo and radiation in the capital. Um, it's called the Plaza de la Salud. And that's where they took care of me. Um, till this day, I still remember the name of the doctor. Uh, her name is Doctora Maria Benzo. She was um, Dominican-American and she studied here. And then she went back to the Dominican Republic to study her medicine, um, practice her medicine. I mean, um, and now actually, like after I had my daughter, I actually went and I took her to this hospital to see if I can find this doctor to show her, like, look, like I'm still winning at life. And she's now like the director of the uh, pediatrician oncology section of this hospital. So it just made me very proud. She was, oh my gosh, she was such a sweetheart. Cause she would, she would come to me. She would talk to me in English and she would be like, you know, it's just me and you here in this room, you know, say what you need to say. I don't care if it's frustrating. If you have any frustrations in you, let it out. She would let me vent to her. Um, and she was just there for me. Like, you know, there were so many parental figures that were substituting in and out in my mother's absence. Cause my mom was in the U.S., you know, she worked for the city of 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 uh, New York. She worked for the MTA, and she was just, you know, always working. She was working overtime so that she could pay for my um my chemo. She was like just emptying out her savings, like just yeah. I I don't talk about it because I get emotional, but whatever. Go, moving forward, moving forward. Uh, I had to go to the Dominican to the capital of the Dominican Republic to go get my chemo and radiation. One day, my dad was like, "Hey, I want to tag along." The few times that he did, whatever. Um, so he's like, "I want to tag along." So when he did show up, he shows up with these two little kids, and I'm just like, "Okay, like this is mad random, whatever." 
So I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my, uh, I'm looking, well, at the time, I didn't know he was my brother. I'm looking at the little kid and I'm like, he looks like my dad a lot because he's like dark like my dad. Um, the other little girl wasn't too short because she's white as hell. So I was like, I don't know who these kids are, whatever. So then we sit down and he's like, oh, say hi to them. These are your, uh, that's your brother. That's your sister. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that's your sister. Maciel, that's your brother, uh, Felix Jr. I was like, again, what? Up until this point, like my only siblings were Mitch and Elizabeth. My mind was like, mind blown. I was like, oh my God. Um, so then I was like, hi. I was like, where were these kids when I like, I wanted to be a big sister. Mind you, I thought that I was the youngest all this time. I was like, I, I've for so long, I wanted to be like a bigger sister. I wanted to, you know, and I was just like, whatever. Anyway, so then we leave there. We leave. We were at Pizza Hut, whatever. We left and then we go back to his apartment. We get there. His wife is there. I meet his wife at the time. And then he brings out another fucking baby. And it's, this baby is my younger sister now. She's like 16, 17. She's like, oh, this is Valerie. Uh, meet your other sister. I was like, okay, what the fuck? All right. Like, I'm waiting for like punk to come out and, and be like, hey, dad, just kidding. I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay. Like now I have, she was like six months at the time. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, like from one minute to the next, I, I go from having two siblings to now having three more. I'm like, okay, um, whatever. So time passes, you know, I'm, I finished my treatment. I fi- finished my radiation. Um, I had tw- 12 cycles of chemotherapy and I had, um, 31 days of radiation, like back to back to back. It was like every day without missing one. Um, and then once I was done, it was like maybe a year and a half later, I came back. Um, I'm already like 17 going on 18. I think it was like a few months from turning 18. Um, my dad, something happened. My dad was like, oh, there's a barbecue here in Corona. Come over. Oh my God. I met three more siblings. These are now grown folks. Like I met Christian, Steven and Lucia at this point. I was just like, bro, what is going on? De la noche a la mañana. I was like, oh my God. God, there's nine of us? Are you shitting me? Um, yeah, it was like just just insane. Um and it's yeah, it's it was just insane uh to to meet all these, you know, and then like within two years I found out that there wasn't three of us, there's nine of us. So I think that was like a big, like mind blowing experience for me. Till this day, uh, we haven't all nine been under the same roof. And I think that's, um, I think that's given the, you know, it has a lot to do with, we never, since we met so late in our lives and, and, you know, the history behind, before we were born, I'm pretty sure there was some animosity between our parents or our moms or whatever, um, that caused this wedge between us meeting earlier. And it, it was just one of those things where, um, you never really, you know, like the saying, you can't really miss something you never had. So like, is you, you can't say like, oh man, I want to spend time with them. Cause you don't naturally, um, you know, want it. Like it's just something that with time you have to warm up to each other. I think even till this day, it's just been a little awkward. Like the relationship I have with Mitch and the relationship I have with my other siblings, it's a little awkward. You, there's still some 
eggshells that you don't want to step on. And there's still some subjects that are like uh, stepping on thin ice. Um, so it's it's always been like a weird subject. Um, and like I said, I think the most that uh, that we've all been under the same roof, I think, has been six. And it was when Giselle turned one years old. Um, and it's apart from that, there there hasn't been any like that's the most we've all been in under one um, one roof. Uh, the six of us. Um, and it was the oldest six. So it's just weird. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Um, I have a, a, a closer bond with, um, Mitch obviously, but after Mitch, it would be with, um, Maciel and with Junior. I feel like because they're my immediate younger siblings, cause Junior is right after me and then Maciel is right after him. Um, because they're so, they're right after me, I have a closer bond with them. And then after them, the next person would be my brother Christian, which is like right above me. He's right before me. He's two years, two years older than me. And then Junior's like maybe, I think five years younger than me. No, uh, how old is he? Uh, I think he's about eight years younger than me because my nephew is actually five years younger than me. So, um, yeah. And then that's another thing we have, uh, like my, my nephew, Andrew, he's older than the, the last three, uh, kids. So he's older than junior Maciel and Valerie, cause he's 28. So there's, there's a lot of uh, things here and there that are just rocky. Um, and hopefully with time, like right now, there's a few of us that are not on speaking terms. Uh, who knows if that'll ever change. Um, but like I said before, since you never really had that, um, that want to be in the same room from the beginning, um, there's kind of no urge or no sense of urgency to, to kind of speed up the healing process. Like, it's just like, eh, it's whatever. Like if we don't ever talk again, it's okay because, um, like I didn't have you at the beginning of my life anyway. So it's, it's a, it's a fucked up way to think about it, but that's, I feel like that's, that's how I feel. Um, and maybe that's how my other siblings feel when, you know, with the, with their situations on the other siblings, it's, it's like, you know, like with Mitch, like we'll fight. And then like the next day it's like, Hey, good morning. Like, you know, it's like a, not that we take each other for granted, but it's, it's more of a, I can tell you to go fuck off and you will be like, okay cool off tomorrow's a new day you know we have that relationship where it's not easily damaged or you can you know you 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 feel like you have to repair it um but yeah and uh it's you know throughout these little episodes i i wish to open up more um and just share my story maybe somebody resonates with my story and and maybe they'll have you know that same um, mentality or same feeling, same emotions where they can, um, relate to me, uh, relate to my experiences and just know that it'll be okay. Like it's, you're going to be okay. Um, and another thing I did want to add, um, when I was going through my, uh, chemo and radiation, they were like, it's a strong possibility that I will not be able to reproduce because of what I went through. And the fact that I stare into the, uh, how can I put it, into defiance of that diagnosis every day and um, 
see just see Giselle growing into this beautiful young lady. You know, she's 11 years old now. And the fact that I was told, hey, you might not be able to reproduce because of this. It's like anything is possible. Like it's um, and Giselle came at a point in my time where I was like really struggling um, mentally, not mentally, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like I was emotionally and stuff like that because um, I was having problems readjusting you know, to, to life and stuff like that. So, um, she came at a point in my life where it was like, I I feel like she, she was a reward for what I had gone through. And I look at her to this day and I I still say it, I was like, you're a walking blessing. Like, uh, the fact that I was able to have such a, you know, beautiful gift. Um, there's no other way I can explain it other than beautiful gift, but, um, yeah, um, whatever you're going through, you know, just know that there's there's more at the end of that tunnel and there's life. Um, even when you think that you've hit rock bottom, um, trust me, just just get back up and keep fighting because there's there's a lot more in your future. And um, yeah, just, you know, just thank you. And since Thanksgiving is right around the corner, I decided to listen to my mom and share my story. Um, and just give thanks for everything that I do have. And, um, and thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe again. I can't be, um, any more grateful for those, um, who have joined me on this journey and just thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Please keep following. Please share, please subscribe. Um, you know, just, I just hope to share my story. One little uh, episode at a time. And, you know, I need you guys for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, one of nine podcasts and, um, join me on Instagram. Love you guys. One of niners. Bye.